Today we're going to read through the sermon text line by line as we, as we sort of work through the sermon. In preparation for today, I, I actually found myself reading a bunch of articles on rip currents, or rip, rip currents, yes, not rip tides, but rip currents. Over these last few weeks and months, because it's been, it's been the summer, we've seen uh, the number of, of tragic accidents when it comes to rip currents go up. And so I, I found myself kind of in this rabbit hole of reading all about how they work and the science behind them and, and, and sort of what happens when people get, get stuck in them. They, they find themselves being, being pulled. Pulled down, pulled out, pulled, pulled to the side, pulled off of where they, they wanted to be. And, and, and you, can, you can hear in some of the stories of, of, of people that have gone through this, this really kind of traumatic ordeal of being caught in a rip current, you can hear that there was some franticness that was involved. Some pure, some pure terror. And what happens oftentimes that leads to this turning into a tragic accident is when someone will, will get caught in a rip current and instead of, instead of doing what, what you're supposed to do, they, they struggle. They struggle really, really hard. They, they fight and they kick and they try to swim and swim and swim and struggle and struggle and struggle and they just run out of gas. They get tuckered out and they get, they get dragged out to sea or they get, they get pulled under because they are just completely out of gas for the struggle and for the fight. As we read through Romans chapter 7, verses 15 through 25, that's what we're going to see. We're going to see Paul struggling, frantically struggling and fighting against sin, talking about that struggle that is, that is living in a sinful world as a Christian. But not only that, living as a sinner and yet a Christian at the same time. The struggle Yes, is unique for Paul because it's his own. But in some way, shape, or form, it's a struggle that every single one of us goes through. Every single one of us goes through the struggle that is listed in Romans chapter 7, verses 15 through 25, because we are Christians. As you look at the world, there might be a little bit of a struggle in people to, to do good or to do bad things, or so they're perceived. But in, in Christians, the struggle is totally different. It is not just us at war with our conscience. It is quite literally this new creation of God, this inner being that wants nothing more than to please him, going to battle with a sinful nature that exists in every single one of us that wants nothing but to rebel against him. This struggle that we are about to talk about is unique to Christians. In a lot of ways, it's unique, unique to you. But please know, brothers and sisters, the way that this struggle starts is with the words that Paul writes in 1 Corinthians, you were washed, you were sanctified, and you were justified through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, now let the struggle begin. Paul writes, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. You see, Paul's not saying that he doesn't understand what's at work inside of him. As we're about to see, as we read through these, these verses, we're going to see that Paul totally understands why the struggle is happening. He understands that there's, there's a sinful nature that's going against this new creation of God inside of us. Paul gets it. But what he's saying is that 
the motivation for these sins is so foreign to him that he doesn't get it. The sins that he's committing in his life, he, he, he wants so little to do with that he doesn't understand why they are present. Yes, he understands, he understands why the sinful nature battles against the, the will of God. But the sins that he commits in his life, he goes, those are so not me. They're not who I am. They're not who I want to be. You turned your alarm off this morning and you rolled over and if you are like me, the first thing your brain starts to do is it fires up the to-do list and whether it's a day of relaxing, a day of vacation, a day of work, a day of working around the house, no matter what it is, my brain fires up this to-do list. What are the things that I want to accomplish today? I'm sure a lot of you are, are very much like that. You know what's not on that list? I would really love to cheat on my taxes today. Oh man, if I could just say some of the nastiest things in my head to the people that I love, that would be awesome. Oh, you know what would be, you know be great is if I could just be just a little bit more selfish than I was yesterday. That, that would be a job well done for Simeon today. We don't start our days like that. That's not, that's not the will that lives within us. That's not that, that, that will that was created in us when faith was given to us as a gift by God. He gave us this, this new will, this new person that lives inside of us that wants nothing to do with it. And yet it happens. It happens in, in these bizarre ways in our lives where you might not have woken up wanting to commit some of the sins that, that you find in your day, but then you get to the end of the day and you go, Really, I did that? I said that? I thought that? Why, why, why would I have done that? I don't even know why I would have done that. That's the struggle we're seeing Paul go through here. Because according to the sinful nature, that sinful nature is going to lunge and launch after all of the sins that we could possibly commit. But according to that new self, that, that new person that God has worked inside of each and every one of us, according to that new person, I agree that the law is good. That new person hears the word of God, hears all of the commands that God has for us, and nods along and says, yes. Yes, God, yes, that's all I ever want. I want that. I want that to be my life. Therein lies the struggle. Between this new will that God has created inside of us and that sinful nature that just refuses, refuses to go away. That's why Paul speaks the way that he does about, about the sinful thoughts, words, and actions that infect our lives. He says, as it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. Please know, brothers and sisters, this is not Paul trying to sidestep the blame. Paul is not saying, oh, no, 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 no. That's that guy over there. That's not me. No, Paul recognizes that we have to own our actions. We own our sins. Our sins are our own. But what he's saying about that, those sins, is that they are foreign to him. In, in some ways, they're these invaders. These invaders that have nothing to do with who he is in Christ. 
Paul is essentially saying that, yes, brothers and sisters, we have these sins in our lives, but those are not the defining characteristics of our lives. Instead, the defining characteristic is Jesus Christ buying us back from from sin, death, and the devil. He has created us to be something different, to be someone different, so that the sins of our lives are, are foreign, they are outcast, they are things that we want nothing to do with. I can say with 100% confidence, brothers and sisters, that's the real you. That's the real you. Is that new person that God has worked in your heart that wants nothing more than to follow in his footsteps and cling to him every step of the way. So when those sins do raise their ugly head, you can say very confidently, that is not the real me who God has created inside of me. It gives us confidence as we go to battle, as we go to struggle with these sins. And yet still, Paul says, for I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. There's the reason for the restlessness in our lives. There are a lot of folks that, that carry on in, in sinful lives, but they, they have no idea. They have no idea what, what beautiful life with Christ could look like. But because of the new person living inside of us, we know exactly what it could look like. And that's what creates this, this struggle, this friction, this stress in our lives as we look at what Jesus has made us to be and we go, I want to be that. I want to be that today, tomorrow, and every single day in my life. This restlessness, this fatigue comes from all those times where I, I say, I wish I were more blank. I wish I were more generous. I wish I were more patient. I wish I were more loving. I wish I were slower to anger. That is the will that Christ has instilled in you that clings to him, saying, I want to be something different. All the while knowing, knowing what lies in store for us, knowing that the battles are still lost, knowing that we still have our shortcomings. Knowing that although we say, I want to be this, I want to be that, I want to be the other thing, we will look back and, and so often we will say, I wish I could have been more. Or I wish I could have been less. Yes, brothers and sisters, that is the heart of the, the Christian struggle. There are plenty of things on the outside of us against which we struggle in this world. But there is something, that sinful nature that lies deep inside of us all that is the, the root source of so much of the anxiety, so much of the anxiousness in our lives because we see ourselves and we go, God, I know you have made me to be something else. But dear brothers and sisters, that's not where Paul leaves us here. He doesn't call us to be defined by our actions. 
That's something that, that, that sometimes I think we try to do. We try to, uh, we try to make our actions fall in line with being Christian. We take a, a look and we see, well, that's what Christian is, so I'm going to try to try to make my actions look like that and just sort of slide into it. Instead, reverse engineer that a little bit. You have been declared not guilty. You have been declared perfect for the sake of Jesus Christ. You have been declared holy and righteous in the eyes of the living God. And so, brothers and sisters, it is, it is there that we find the resolve and the strength and the peace to live our lives as such. To take what God has already declared we are and to morph and, and, and mold our actions to look more like that. Christian identity is not something we strive for. It's not the end game. It's the starting point where each and every one of us begin the struggle. Paul continues, he says, Now if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. This sort of sounds like what he said earlier. Sin is real, brothers and sisters. Sin is damaging. Sin is corrupting. And sin breaks down relationships in our lives. And sin breaks down the relationships that we have with, with God. But Paul is here to tell you, you are more than the sum of your sins. You are more than just a sinner. Because God has declared it as such. And so Paul continues as he talks about, about the law. And now that we have this, this will that wants to keep the law and this sinful nature that wants to struggle against it, when we hear the law, how do we respond? Paul writes, so I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another work, law at work in me. Waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. This is the new creation. That, that, that inner being, that, that inner mind that hears God's law and delights in it is that, that new creation that God has instilled in each one of, each one of us Christians. And it is that part of us that hears God speak and says, yes. Yes, yes, I want that. I want that to be my life. I know that God knows me and he knows this world and he knows every single thing that is going to occur from the time I, I am formed in the womb to the time I close my eyes at the last day. And when God tells me his commands, I delight in him. I delight in them because I know that God wants what is best for me. I know that he, 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 he knows what, what I need as far as how I use the blessings that, that he's given me in my life. I know that he has mapped out every step, every place I will go. And so when my all-loving, all-glorious, all-gracious God says, this is what I want from you, my son, then According to my inner being, I nod along and I say, yes, God, yes, please, please tell me what you want from me. 
And yet that, that sinful nature still exists, doesn't it? That sinful nature hears the law of God. And instead of complying with it, the sinful nature sort of takes a look at it and uses it as his new to-do list. He takes the law of God and he says, these are all of the ways that I am going to rebel against him. It's sort of like when you would tell a kid, here is the popsicle bag and you can have any popsicle from the bag that you want besides the orange ones. Which ones do you think they're going to reach for? That's our sinful nature living inside of us. When God says, this is what I want for you, and, and, and this is going to cause us to live in, in, in harmony, and it's going to be beautiful you, for you and for those around you, that sinful nature says, okay, now I know what I want to do. I want to reject all of that, and I want to rebel against God. And so you start to understand why Paul has worked himself into such a tizzy. You start to understand how he gets to the point in verse 24 when he says, What a wretched man I am! Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Right there, right there is restlessness. Brothers and sisters, it is draining. If you walked in here this morning and, and everything that you are hearing from Paul, you go, yep, that's me. <laughs> yep, that's been my week too. I get it. It is draining. Paul is tired. You're tired. I'm tired. And it's so easy to get so sick and tired of the struggle that goes on between what we want to be and what so often we are. Paul literally just took 10 verses to describe the struggle. He took 10 complex verses where, where maybe as you read through those, you had to read them like nine or 10 times to actually try to understand what Paul was saying. He goes through this, this, these frantic 10 verses and, and he writes about the struggle that he has been going through and then... And then he writes one verse, just a few words, to alleviate that struggle in that first section of verse 25. Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ, our Lord. It might feel like drowning when the devil tells you you are not good enough when the world says that you need to do better, when that sinful nature inside of you says, you, you wretched man, you wretched woman, it's downright tiring when we see the people around us and we go, I wish I were more like them. It's downright tiring when we look in Scripture and we see the example that is a perfect Savior and we know we don't compare. And in those moments, brothers and sisters, we will find peace nowhere besides those verses. Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. Instant rest. It slams the door shut on all of the questions that you might have about your relationship with God. It slams the door on the conversation that says you are owned, you are controlled, and you are run by your sinful nature. 
it is finally this, this cold glass of water that can bring you a little bit of peace and rest inside. You've got a, a sin that's been, been trailing you for a while and it feels like you've just been playing whack-a-mole with it. Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. It is that phrase that allows us to say, you know what, sin? I don't need you. I don't need to do this sin. I am not forced or compelled. When we walk through this life and, and that, that big elephant-sized question that is like sitting on our chest, am I good enough? When that question is asked, Jesus resolutely calls out and says, I'm good enough for you. And that weight is just completely lifted off of you and you finally can breathe again. And as we look forward to, to the end of this all, knowing that we have days and weeks and months and years and decades of struggle and fight ahead of us, Brothers and sisters, there's our Savior saying, find rest in me. Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ, who says that on the last day, you will be with me forever in heaven. Where the anxiety of sin is killed. Where the restlessness that this life brings is quashed. And where you sit next to your Savior, your compassionate and loving Savior, with a promise of nothing but peace and rest for all time. I read what you're supposed to do when you get sucked into a rip current. Do you know? Do you know what that is? I'd assume because you folks have dealt with the beach quite a bit more than I have, you probably know. You just lay on your back and you float. And you don't struggle and you don't fight. Brothers and sisters, the struggle against sin is real. And there are these moments where you just kind of feel like you just want to lay down and be done. But don't just lay down. Instead, float on the peace that Jesus brings to you in the cross. Find your rest there. Because when you find your rest in Jesus, the fight gets a lot easier. Amen.